0: From the advertising media capital of the world, New Milford, Connecticut, wherever that is. This is Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson, a bi-weekly-ish podcast about all things automotive marketing. Now, here's your host, Matt Wilson. Oh, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Multi Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson, presented by Silverback Advertising online at silverbackadvertising.com. Oh, check out my new Silverback swag. Is it swag or swag? I think it's swag. Check it out. Okay, um, do you take pride in where you work, right? Is the place you work a nice-looking place? Do you have pride in uh, in where you work, I grew up. Uh, I shouldn't say grew up, but my early career was spent in radio. Which, for those of you not in radio, you probably don't understand that a lot of radio stations are just um, hellholes. Not hellholes; they're just terrible, old, decrepit, rundown places. Uh, in some situations, in a lot of situations, right? So, I worked at an oldie station in like 1990 seven and the console, like the board, like a mixing board that controls all the stuff that you do, uh, was so old and decrepit that when I would hit the microphone off button too hard, the button would pop off and like fly on the ground and I'd have to find it and then use my pinky to turn the microphone off. Right. Uh, and it smelled. The building smelled. And then I was in an AM station once where I did a NASCAR show and there was like fizz in the background and the door wasn't soundproof. So when the cleaning guy was vacuuming, it would come over the air and you'd hear it on the air. All kinds of just like terrible looking, sounding and smelling work areas, right? Radio is famous for being an old low budget buildings. So then one day I go to do a live broadcast at Charlotte, Charlotte Motor Speedway. It was a sports broadcast. I was on a couple of ESPN affiliates and we were doing a NASCAR show and we were doing it from their studio. They have radio studios in the racetrack and we get there the night before the show and it is the most beautiful studio I've ever seen. I about cried, beautiful state of the art microphones and cough buttons. Like I have a cough button now. I can cough and you don't hear me Uh, cough buttons and lighting and copy holders and computer screens and TVs on the wall and a glass partition where the producer was. And it was beautiful. And I was like, you know, oh, I've arrived. I'm at this beautiful radio station. And then you go back home to your home studio and it's a piece of junk. And you're like, oh, it's just kind of like demoralizing. Right. Well, I feel like that translates to all workplaces. Everyone wants to work in a nice place, right? And now there are a lot of car dealerships in America. I'm going the very long way around to bring this back to automotive, by the way. A lot of car dealerships in America that um, have seen better days. A lot of old buildings, family-built businesses, places that have been around a long time, but there are also a lot of new, shiny car dealership buildings. And the discussion today is, does it make a difference? Does it matter If you're in a brand new, shiny, bright, beautiful, well-branded building, or if you're in the old rundown store that's been in town forever that uh, looks the same as it did 20 years ago. And I think the obvious answer is Yes, it matters. But why does it matter? And how can we show you proof that it matters? And for that, let's bring on somebody who has been living that life. His name is Matt Sneed. He's the Director of Marketing and Customer Experience at Power Ford. Hello, Matt. Thanks for joining me. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for the invitation, Matt. Looking forward to it.
0: And uh, yeah, let's Rock and roll. Hey, thanks for sitting through my four minute setup story. That was a little long. I just realized if I was a comedian, this would be the worst joke ever. They'd be like, where's the punchline.
1: That was just a long story. No. <laughs> you know, I love the story. I'm glad you have a cough button now, you know, yeah. I'm kind of the uh, yes, the phone right now is saying I need to find mine. It's but also good for the, when uh, you're
0: drinking water too. Cause you can, without having to slosh around sound, you can put the cough button on, but it doesn't help you when you wear a super loud windbreaker, like I'm wearing now, but it's poor planning exactly. on my part. So, um, Obviously, the the topic at hand, uh, I thought was a great topic for you because I um, had connected with you on LinkedIn. And I know that uh, your store, Power Forward, you went through a whole uh, sort of redesign, redo. And, you know, as I saw you talking about that, I thought about the importance that has on not only – the perception of customers and the customer experience, but internal morale for employees. So let's talk, let's talk, let's tell that story uh, real quick here. Uh, not real quick, but let's talk about what the kind of impetus was to um, redesign, rebrand the, the dealership. And then, you know, why did you guys do it? And uh, you know, how did you get started?
1: Definitely. So we'll talk about what we did, but also the why behind what, yeah. why we did. So, the, the building that we're currently in was built in the uh, late 80s, and so it had beautiful tan and teal tile, it was just, you know, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, so the Southwest, so it definitely had a Southwest feel to it, uh, um, and so that was the dealership. It's a little bit different, it is not your typical uh, Ford dealership with the silver facade, and uh, so it's, you know, 30 years old, 40 years old. and Uh, The outside was like that. So we had to maintain that and take care of it. But what we decided to do was completely reimagine the uh, customer experience as well as the employee experience by redesigning the inside of the building. And so that was really what we did. And it took over the course of 12 months. So it wasn't a snap your fingers and it's done, but we've seen just when uh, you preach an excellent ownership experience, that's our mission is to provide an excellent ownership experience while setting an example of excellence for others, and so if we're preaching that to our team, and they don't have an excellent environment, so you know we're a big believer. And you look good, you feel good, you play good, uh, yeah. and in this situation, play is work. And so um, it's been a lot of fun to be a part of, and you know it really it's been fun.
0: You know, I think of when I used to be at a store, I would have a vendor come in to see me, and they would come in and they'd go, "Wow, this is a really nice." Um, dealership and I have a really good like friendly there's a really good friendly vibe here at the store and you know I work there every day um, so I would be like oh okay cool but then I would visit other stores in my group and spend a little time sitting in the showroom and I would go oh I see what so-and-so was saying back at that store mm-hmm. because if the place and the place wasn't like brand new it was a 10 year old this is probably two years ago it was a 10 year old building so it was new-ish but not super new, but we kept it clean. We kept it, you know, classy looking. We kept it well lit. We kept it updated, had it paint, you know, painted the interior every year, you know, took care of the floors, had the inventory looking good. And it has this effect on you and of people walking in that go, oh, this is, this is a nice place. As opposed to walking in somewhere and being like, when was the last time they
1: cleaned this floor? You know? 100%. And so it is an investment to do the, the remodel and whatnot but you know when you go to uh i'll pick on outback but when you go to an outback steakhouse and you go to a roos chris you expect to pay more at a roos chris because for a lot of reasons but the environment that you're sitting in yeah. is nicer it's better the the waiter will greet differently than if you were an outback steakhouse and so although we're a, a Ford dealership we want to be the best Ford dealership in the country and so when we, we do this remodel does it does the person walk in and go, wow, this is nice compared to the, the one, the crosstown rival right. that didn't take care of it, still has the, the tan and teal tile in it um, and those type of things. So it really made a difference. You know, can you get $200 more per car in gross on all those type of things, being in a better environment? You know, We believe that you can. Mm-hmm. And then translating that back to the employee experience, we're firm believers, if you take care of your employees, they take care of your customers, and ultimately that takes care of your business. And so we wanted to completely reimagine what it looks like to be um, a salesperson at Power Ford. So we took out all the cubicles, and you know, basically the cubicles were uh, a phone, an old computer, and then a, basically a junk drawer for the salesperson. And so it was like, no, let's get this out. So we completely demolished all of the uh, cubicles and made it more. There's a, it's very open and transparent. We have a ping pong table in there, a foosball. We have lockers for all of the salespeople uh, for privacy purposes and then we have computer uh, bars all across the room tvs and so the thought behind that is one it creates a space of community Mm -hmm. but then also when uh we all we all know the best time to sell a car is right after you've sold the previous one so to go in there and get a, a 30 second ping pong game in or five minute ping pong game in uh to kind of reset that's the environment that we wanted to create. And, uh, you know, I will say the, the trophy on the wall for it is uh, being a top workplace for the past two years. And so that's kind of neat to be the only automotive company represented. And when you're up there with T-Mobile, AT&T, uh, you know, healthcare system and things like that. So it really makes a difference for, the customers, but also the employees. So, you know, it feels good
0: for your employees and the sales team and everyone who comes to work every day. How quickly did you realize that, you know, the salespeople feeling like that translated to them, uh, you know, I don't know what the word deflecting is, but like projecting that on the customers?
1: So what we've seen, you know, it all goes back to a larger vision of the culture, which our uh, general manager sets, but... You know, we have a vision for taking care of people. We're in the people business and Mm -hmm. it's not all about selling cars. It's the, you know, selling cars is the fuel that drives the engine to what you're really doing. And what we saw is, you know, we take care of people and that starts internally. So um, we have a vision for it. We take care of people. That is the first pillar that you have to have. And then, you know, go from the general manager to the GSM, to the sales managers, ASMs to your salespeople like that is first and foremost, you have to have the the servant leadership attitude across the whole dealership. Mm -hmm. And then when you create experiences for your employees, they know, you know, I'm a firm believer in people, if they know how much you care about them, they'll run through walls for you. And so we put a huge emphasis on the employee experience. Uh, We're partners with the Albuquerque Isotopes, which is a AAA affiliate of the Colorado Rockies. And one of the things that we did pre-COVID was we hosted a sales versus service softball game on the field at Isotopes Park. Oh, that's and so awesome. they, yeah, I mean, it was an amazing thing to experience for our employees and to watch them. We had uh, all of their families out. We kind of opened up the concession stand and just said, everything is, is free. Uh, I'll never forget the, the one lot porter. He's got like eight things of cotton candy and I hear him say, can you believe it? All of it is free. Well, we know it's not free, but the, uh, but just the experience of that and giving that to the, the the employees, it does translate over uh, to customers because, you know, they can see, you rarely see uh, a person at Chick-fil-A be a jerk in the drive-thru. I don't think I've ever seen it. And same thing with Southwest airlines, Apple, those are all the staples of, customer centric companies. And it starts yeah. with the employees and um, it's pretty neat. I mean, I think I see the opposite of that a lot in automotive,
0: right? Mm-hmm. I've worked, I mean, I have great clients and I, and my home store at my last group, family owned store, the culture and everything was great there, but there were lots of stores that were, you know, I was involved with through the group that the culture was, you know, instill fear from the top down and that's, and you know, high turnover, high employee, um, unhappiness, uh, you know, poor customer reviews, um, which I, I hate to say this is probably m- more common, I would think in our industry, but I don't know. I'm in the Northeast. It's hard to tell. We're all angry up here anyway. So maybe it's not like that. I'm just like, I'm just like that. Cause I'm, so, I'm in Connecticut, New York.
1: <laughs> We're all angry I, and mad I, I all the time. At, uh, I laugh at that because, but I do think it's true. I think, you know, even when uh sales managers and people talk about who have been in the industry for 15 to 20 years and they say well it wasn't like that back in my day and back in my day it was like get back on the lot and sell a car or get out of here right. i just don't yeah. think that works anymore and yeah. i know some people still do it but the for us it's just you know it didn't happen overnight but i'll tell you when you get people bought into a into a system into a, a culture and a team it really makes a world of difference almost to the point of when someone who comes in that is not uh was not raised in this who is an old-school car person and they come in to sell cars they don't last very long because they're like wait a minute uh when they do a favor they're saying hey is that a split deal and our team is like no it's not a split deal uh right it's yours and i'll get you back next time yeah so it's just a different in you know, a team culture but again that starts from the top down um and it's a lot of organic grassroots but you know, the, the owner, general manager, they have to set the vision for saying, this is what we're going to do. And then you have to execute on it.
0: Did you do any um, marketing, you know, messaging or anything around the, you know, the updating, the transformation of the store that, um, you know, helped get the word out? Or did you just kind of let it happen as people came in? Or did you use that as an opportunity to kind of message that out there?
1: That's a great question. You know some people look at as look as look at it, sorry, as a missed opportunity. We didn't really highlight it too much of saying a remodel sale or whatever. Mm-hmm. I firmly believe in uh, that people are selfish in nature I know that most people are. I am. Uh, I'm the first one to say, you know what's in it for me? right And yeah. so I think the more that if we say, hey, it's a remodel sale or it's um, come look at our new showroom. All of that ad copy is saying me, me 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 yeah and ultimately the customer does not care about us they care about one person and they care about them so the more that you can speak to the customer's language and say uh this is all for you and different things like that um so we did highlight it but not to the extent of mo- what most automotive dealerships probably would highlight it yeah. just because um you know i've been in the automotive business for i'm a i would say a a rookie. I've only been in it for three and a half years, but I, when we we first started this, it was a great uh, rebranding. And before the remodel started, it was like a remodel of a brand Mm -hmm. to everything that you see. You know, the seconds you pull on the lot, a customer does, it's like, what signs are they seeing? What message are they feeling? What music is playing in the showroom? All of those things go to create the environment. And so you know, some car dealerships say, well, we let the sales managers decide what music is being played. Well, yep. you know, Ian Halen uh, is playing in the showroom that doesn't really convey the same sense of message or, you know, rap music and things like that. Yeah. So it all goes back to that, uh, experience that you create and it's yeah. Side note.
0: Uh, I used to, the music control would be in the room near my office when I was, uh, at a store and I, uh, we use Spotify. Uh, A lot, Mm. and I put on um, what's that song? Happy from.
1: uh, um, I know it very yeah.
0: So I created a Spotify playlist with only that song in the playlist, and then I put it on loop, and I would see how long it would. This would be early in the morning. on like a Tuesday, you know, eight forty-five. How long it would take a sales manager to call up there and be like, "Dude, what is going on with the music? What's going on with the music? uh, I probably got away with it for about a half hour, forty-five minutes before someone was like, "Is this
1: song playing still? (laughs) Um, Still playing? Yeah." Yeah. I will tell you that one of the things about that, and this is uh, mostly automotive marketing. So this is a little bit of marketing tip. This is a little bit just a nugget of information. Yeah. Mostly. Um, I will say that if you're listening to this, an action item takeaway is look at the signs around the dealership. Yeah. Most people, cause we see them all the time. And so we don't think anything of it. But when we did a remodel, with uh, a rebrand, you know, we see signs that we had that said, you know, uh, Authorized personnel only, three exclamation points. Unauthorized personnel will be prosecuted. Yeah. And you look at that, they'll go, great. How many people will be prosecuted? Yeah. And the sign was in a, in a white background in all caps, which is definitely the you know optimal way to read. And so it was just like <laughs> was funny, because it's like, how many people will be prosecuted? And it's like, well, zero. And so you can take that same message yeah. and turn it into a customer centric, where you say, for your safety, employees only beyond this point. It says the same thing, accomplishes the same goal, but it's all in the way that you say it versus, you know, you know, courtesy vehicle parking only Yeah. versus reserved for courtesy valet. Right. So small little gifts yep. make a world of difference. And so uh, that was what we did during our rebrand. And I would say that that alone is just been, just yeah. the language that you say is all, it makes all the difference in the world going back to that environment that you're creating. But that's
0: a copy thing. I think dealers don't think of that as as and I'm not picking on dealers, but I you know that's a marketing person's thing. The copy exactly. and what the message conveys is a marketing thing. That's what we think about. That's not what a dealer either thinks and shouldn't have to think about That's not their area of expertise. Um, no. But like, you know, to me, a perception of dealerships from some people is there's never any parking at a dealership. Before I was in automotive, every time I go to a dealership, I'd be like, oh my God, where am I going to park? When I, I remember going for an interview at the dealership uh, and driving there and being like, there's no place to park. Like, where do I park around here? So to then have on top of that
1: signage, that's like, don't park here. It has a, a negative connotation. And so because and when you go buy a car as a consumer, you're thinking, wait a minute, they're going to stick me with something that I don't want. I'm going to pay too much for it. And then they have all those negative connotations. So literally, as soon as you drive on the lot, it's like those little signs and like we're talking about make all the difference in the world because it just goes to, you know, knocking down those walls and barriers. One of the things that we do that's pretty unique is we serve food to all of our customers. Again, pre-COVID. Uh, so food to all of our customers on Saturdays and Sundays. And that is an expense, but we found that it is well worth it to do that because we're already feeding our employees. So to add an extra, you know, headcount of 30 to 50 is not that big of a deal money wise, but it just buys the salespeople and your team more time when you're saying great. Uh, you know, they say, Oh, uh, so when you and your wife matter, buying a car, you go, Oh, we're a little hungry. We're going to go to Chick-fil-A and we'll be back just a few minutes. Well, yeah. we all know they're not coming back. Right. So when they say that, it's like, well, fantastic. We've got pulled pork sandwiches, uh, you know, do you want barbecue or do you want some, or something else? Yeah. And it's just those little things, again, go back to creating that environment for uh, the customers, but also the employees and it just, it buys time. And so do you get uh, two more car deals out of that on a Saturday? Well, I think you do. Yeah. Just, back to creating, you just feel better, like, you know, like you're talking about, because when you pull in, it's like, stay away, no parking. But the reality is just knock down those walls and barriers. And, um, you know, you can do truck stop, like in hospitality, you can do a truck stop coffee with the, you know, powdered sugar, yeah. uh, or you can have Starbucks coffee, which is not that much more expensive, yeah. but people recognize that um, the Starbucks coffee or that logo. And again, it just creates, it knocks down those walls and barriers that most dealerships, uh, don't think about, and it does make a difference.
0: There's a difference between fresh food from mm-hmm. or fruit from the local community grocery store next door, or fresh donuts or something, and like pre-packaged plastic gas station danishes. There's yeah, a difference. We care about it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely. Or, just, or you know, it's when you see that and it says free, take one. Yeah. Is it? Again, subtle, subtle ad copy, is it free or is it complimentary? Yeah. Think about right. when, you, when you're traveling and it's all free breakfast. You're like, eh, it's probably not very good. Right. But if it's like the Holiday Inn Express and it says, oh, breakfast is complimentary, you're like, oh, what's for breakfast? Yeah. So right. it's just mind shifts that yeah. truly people don't think about. But when you say it like that, you're just like, oh, wow, duh. But I think most people get so uh, with the blinders and so consumed in, what do I need to do to sell eight cars today? What do I need to do to sell 10 cars today or 20 cars today? I think people forget side of that um, because we're all, I mean, at the dealership level, everyone's busy, but you really, you're not too busy for this. And I think uh, it's just a matter of prioritizing. Before we, uh, before we wrap up, let's go back and, and, and there's a tangent that I, I want
0: to follow down a little bit here. And that was just talking about like the music you were talking about, you know, you know, all oh, the sales manager for whatever reason is the guy who controls the music. Right. Um, and at, at my store, this, when I was at the sales manager, I could log in. It was like on a computer in the server room could like log into that computer via like VPN and change it. Or I could go in there cause it was next door to my office. So we would fight over who, you know, or they'd be like, you know, what? we don't want to deal with it. You deal with it. Which got me to think, like, why does everything that nobody can figure out whose job it is to handle ends up being like a marketing thing? Like, you know, who's going to handle that? Oh, we don't really know. Ah, well, well, well it should, and then just ends up on marketing's desk. Like, you know, what kind of food are we going to have in the service drive on Saturdays? Or we're having a trouble. We're having trouble at the front desk uh, with either the front mm-hmm. desk staffing or the greetings or the phone record, the phone recording, the outgoing phone message. Like, ah, those are marketing things. And I'm like, how does this end up on in the marketing department's desk? Do you find that like? Marketing is the catch-all for like, what department handles this? Well, we don't know. So it's marketing's
1: thing. You know, I will tell you. So uh, when I got here, it was marketing and customer experience. And so that was the title. Uh, A month into the job, I'm saying something. And our GM stops me and says, but isn't that customer experience? And so I was like, wow, I should have renegotiated. Because, you know, customer experience, everything is, the customer touches everything. Yeah, Uh, And so it's kind of like the overarching wide range. But it it, you're you're so right and a lot of things just uh to say oh that's marketing whatever but you know that's kind of funny that you mentioned that because it's so true um it it really is it's so true but it's just more of like great let's take it and and again goes back to the experience i like it because i'm a huge into customer service but it never fails that it's like oh uh, this sign is everything is Marketing, everything is customer is. experience. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: We, we would be, you know, I'd be, we, you know, Nissan would do inspections of your buildings once a year. And if you got a hundred, you didn't have to get do it the next year and blah, blah, blah. And like we'd be out there, me and the fixed ops director would be like, okay, this parking sign is the wrong colors. It doesn't match the brand, uh, you know, recommendations of the font. And but exactly, how can we change the wording? Are we going to, is it going to be in a, in a bucket fill the cement in the spot, or is it going to be in the ground in the mulch be on the other side of the curb, like all that stuff. And I'm out there and I'm meeting the landscaper at like eight o'clock in the morning about the mulch. And I'm like, I'm not sure how I'm the guy out here. And I'm, I've never been an, a hey, that's not my job guy. That's just not yeah. the kind of employee or work For ethic sure. that I have, but I'm like, why am I out here talking to the landscaper? Like, but then it's like, well, who really should be out here talking to the landscaper? And I'm like, well, the owner shouldn't be doing it. And he's the owner. He's got things to worry about. I'm like, we don't have a facilities guy, but so it's really either me or the fixed ops guy. He's busy. All right, fine. I'll talk to the landscaping guy, but that's like what always happens with marketing.
1: It's just the way, it's yeah, just the it's way all, it is. It just happens that way. Uh, like you said, just to a, a lack of, uh, staff or, you know, who, who does that, but it's like, Oh, uh but to your point, you know you mentioned the the work ethic type of thing. I truly, you know, do believe that, you know, you never get paid more than you do if you never do more than you Sorry, I'm messing no, this no, up. No, no, it's okay. You if can you try do, again. That's fine. Uh, Ready? 3, 2, Never do, if you never do more than you get paid, you, you'll never get paid more than you do. And that is like such a true statement. And so it's like the the attitude of like what you're saying, the work ethic of saying, great, I'll meet with the landscaper. I'll do this. All of those little things, because if you're, if it's you or the owner right there, think about it and say, uh, his time is more valuable than mine. So yeah, you'll be rewarded for that. And like you said, but yeah. If I was the a, fourth uh, time, yeah. never Good do. Job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the, finally. It's, I, uh, Yeah. If you I was know, in my office
0: and I looked outside and I saw the owner like shoveling the walkway, I'd be like, Hello, are you guys kidding me right now? Like you're sitting at your desk while the owner, his name's on the building and he's shoveling the walkway. Mm -hmm. Like maybe he's doing it because he wants to be busy and have something to do. But like, dude, get out there and get the shovel away from him. You shouldn't be out there shoveling Uh, the walkway. 100%. 100%.
1: It's funny
0: listen this has been a great discussion i, I know we were going to also talk about um facebook you guys uh, really have embraced facebook advertising in your store but i feel like that's a whole nother discussion a whole nother topic that i think we can record another episode on um so if you're willing to come back and do that let's do an episode about that
1: absolutely uh facebook is a big part of our game plan and so i'd love to talk more about that and uh you know cool. you've got something coming up with facebook with uh, some five-minute segments. Uh, do you wanna foreshadow that?
0: I do, yeah. So I, um, Bob Lanham, who a lot of us know, is the director of um, uh, automotive uh, retail for uh, Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. And he's very involved uh, uh, with dealers and agencies. And uh, he's been on the podcast before. And I recorded an episode with him where we broke down all the different ad types that are available out there for dealers into little five-minute Easily digestible nougats of information, so I'm going to put those out uh, as little five minute episodes, and then at the end I'll put the whole thing out, the whole discussion, because I was able to find time to make fun of Bob in his car and 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 uh, you know joke around with him a little bit. So we'll put that out uh, separately, um, but I, you know I think that there's a million. There, Options out there for dealers of what's going on on Facebook and uh, without getting into, you know, the details of it, you know, you and I can talk about uh, your dealerships uh, power forward strategy as opposed to I think the common strategy is like, you know, the and also Facebook. Oh, and also here's the Facebook budget Um, as having it be the core of your media plan. Um, So let's do an episode on that. We'll put a pin in this topic. It's been great. Definitely. Great talking to you. Uh, we had a great discussion before we recorded about us both doing public address things for like minor league sports teams, college sports teams, which is also a blast. Um, And uh, you mentioned the isotopes before. I love minor league. I used to collect minor league baseball hats, like triple A baseball hats. We had the... um We used to have the rock, the rock cats. Oh no, there was the Portland sea dogs was a popular triple A team for a while. Right. And I think my mom got me, you know, there was my parents were on vacation. Once Nick came home with, I think it's like the sea lion with the baseball bat in its mouth. I was like, my God, these teams have the best logos. So I was collecting triple A baseball hats for a while. And the isotopes have a logo. That's kind of like, kind of like the big bang theory, right? It's got like, you know, it's like space space spacey. So you mentioned yeah, isotopes. Definitely. I think I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to buy an isotopes hat today. So my no, wife. You do
1: have to buy an isotopes hat because one, one will just show up there. So uh, we're uh, heavy partners with the isotopes. And so that place is basically Power Ford Park. So I'll send you an isotopes hat. And then they have a, an alternate mascot uh, called uh, the Mariachis, which is a big deal, um, big deal to do a, heritage and stuff. So oh, cool. Definitely send you the, uh, isotopes and then the mariachis. Uh, I yeah. have to do that. I appreciate I it. Show, yeah. You, uh,
0: absolutely. I don't want you to think I was asking for an isotopes hat cause I didn't know no, you were a no, huge no, sponsor, no. but uh, my wife's going to be no, like, why did already- you buy an isotopes hat on, you know, MLB.com or whatever. i am like, why
1: not? Oh, we, uh, All right. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, they're great partners. We're good sponsors with them. And, uh, so Absolutely. Uh, we'll send it to Excellent. you. Excellent. All but right. Looking forward to coming back, talking about Facebook and the media plan. What you said is so true, uh, making it more of a component of your plan versus just the, and we do this. Yeah. So absolutely. Look forward to that
0: chat. Matt Sneed, Director of Marketing and Customer Experience at Power Ford. Thanks for your time, Matt. Great to talk to you. I appreciate it. All right. I got gotcha. you. Thank you. All right, everybody. Another great episode filled with lots of information that uh, hopefully you have uh, have found helpful. So I appreciate you listening. Lots more episodes and content coming up. You can, of course, find uh, the podcast wherever podcasts are downloaded on in all those locations. There's a lot of them. I'm not going to list them all off, but you can find them. And uh, inviting you to like, follow on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, connect on LinkedIn, all the stuff that podcasters are supposed to say that I never say. Uh, Go ahead and, uh, and do that. Thanks for listening, folks. Have a great one. Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson is brought to you by... Wait, this guy has sponsors? Oh, never mind. This sheet of paper's blank. No sponsors. That makes more sense. For updates, info, future episodes and more, follow on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook and connect on Frackle. You guys made that last one up. That's not even a thing, Frackle. Come on.